Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Happy Wednesday, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast. And let's finish out part two of Numbers chapter 11 to see what's going on here with the people complaining to God. So obviously, if you didn't hear part one, I recommend going back to Monday's episode and checking that out before you listen to this one. I can link that in the description of this podcast episode to make sure you go over there. Listen to that episode first so that you know what's happening for today. So I'm going to read Numbers 11, verses 24 through 35 today out of the W.E.B. version. So just grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and listen along as I go ahead and read. Moses went out and told the people Yahweh's words, and he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and set them around the tent. Yahweh came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did so no more. But two men remained in the camp. The name of one of them was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were of those who were written, but had not gone out to the tent, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his chosen men, answered, My Lord Moses, forbid them. Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all Yahweh's people were prophets, that Yahweh would put his spirit on them. Moses went into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. A wind from Yahweh went out and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp about a day's journey on the side and a day's journey on the other side around the camp and about two cubits above the surface of the earth. The people rose up all that day and all that night and all the next day and gathered the quails. He who gathered the least gathered ten homers and they spread them out for themselves around the camp. While the meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed, Yahweh's anger burned against the people, and Yahweh struck the people with a very great plague. The name of that place was called Kibroth Hatava, because there they buried the people who lusted. From Kibroth Hatava, the people traveled to Hezeroth, and they stayed at Hezeroth. So the people were complaining. As we learned on Monday, they were complaining that they had no meat. They were remembering their days back in Egypt when they were terribly beaten as slaves, but they were remembering only the good stuff about their days back in Egypt. And they were like, at least we had food back in Egypt, God. And they were complaining about the manna that God was giving them. They were complaining about the fact that they didn't have any cucumbers and watermelons and whatever else that they wanted. And they were just like, ew, this manna, we don't want this anymore. So God got really angry. He got super angry because the people were just so disrespectful towards him. They had a complaining heart. They were not looking at the blessings that they had because the manna 
was from God's own hand, and he had given it to them the initial time they complained about a year prior to this. They had complained that they didn't have meat or the food that they wanted from Egypt. At that point, God then gave them the manna and then the quails. At that point, now the people are complaining again that they didn't have enough meat. So God obviously was angry and Moses was angry as well. So Moses cried out to God and he's like, I can't handle these people. I am so sick of this. Like, I'm sick of these crying children. Why have you done this to me, God? Why have you put this burden of all these people on me? It's not like I was their mother. So that's basically what Moses says to God. So now this is where it starts off in verse 24. Moses went out and told the people Yahweh's words and Yahweh had told Moses to tell the people that they were going to eat meat. And so then Moses gathers 70 men of the elders of the people. So we know that there were elders. The elders have been mentioned before. We know that there were a lot of elders. There were also princes of each tribe, but I don't believe the princes were included in this, but they could have been. And so these elders now were supposed to take on more of the burden to help Moses because Moses was so overly burdened with all of these people constantly coming to him and complaining about everything. So now God's spirit is resting on each elder. And I don't know why the people didn't go to the elders before going to Moses either. I don't know why. Maybe it was because Moses directly communicated with God. And now that's the reason God is putting his spirit on the elders and having them prophesy like this as an outward representation that the elders now communicate with God, I suppose, and have God's spirit resting on them. And maybe that would make the people go to the elders first before going to Moses. So that's kind of what I think personally as to why this happened. This was kind of a show to the people and also God physically lifting the burden off of Moses and putting them, putting the burden onto the elders as well because Moses just needed it at this point. So the spirit, some of it gets taken off of Moses and put on these elders. And that just kind of shows that God's spirit does not work the way we think it does because somehow this spirit was still with Moses, but now it's with 70 other men also. So God's spirit, you can't measure it. There's no quantity of God's spirit. So it rests on every one of these men. And now they're starting to prophesy in the camp. But they never prophesied again, is what it said. So this was a one and done deal. Once they got God's spirit, they prophesied. And we don't know what kind of prophecy they did. Maybe they were doing like a future prophecy. Maybe they were giving a word from God to the people. Maybe they were speaking in tongues. Because we see that in Acts chapter 2, when the church received God's spirit, they spoke in tongues. So we don't know what kind of prophecy this was. But whatever it was, it was to show the people now that the elders had God's spirit on them. But the interesting thing is, is verse 26, it says, But two men remained in the camp, and the name of one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad, and the spirit rested on them also. And they were of those who were written, but had not gone out to the tent and they prophesied in the camp. So we don't know why these two men didn't go up to the tent. Maybe they were sick. Maybe they just didn't go out of disobedience. Um, I, I don't know. Or maybe Moses didn't call them. Maybe these were two extra 
men, two extra elders that didn't need to go up or I don't know. And God just chose them. We don't know why these two guys didn't go up to the tent of meeting to meet with Moses. But uh, God's spirit chose them, chose these two men also. So they were prophesying inside of the camp with God's spirit resting on them. So they're prophesying and this young boy runs up to Moses and they're just like, Moses, Moses, you know, this, these two guys in the camp are also prophesying. So Joshua gets jealous. We will hear more about Joshua later on. We've seen Joshua a handful of times, but he was one of Moses's attendants. So Joshua gets jealous because all of these guys are prophesying. And so he says, my Lord Moses, stop them. Forbid these guys from prophesying. And we don't know why Joshua got jealous, but it probably had to do with Moses. He wanted Moses to only have this ability and not these other men. Maybe he thought of these other men now as Moses's rivals. We don't know. But Moses tells Joshua, don't be jealous. He says, are you jealous for my sake? And he's like, don't be jealous. He says, I wish that all of Yahweh's people were prophets, that Yahweh would put his spirit on them. And that is so cool because that's Moses prophesying in a way. Because guess what? We all have God's spirit now. Back in these days, this was a rare occasion that God's spirit would rest on a person. But now we have free access to God's Holy Spirit through Jesus. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. Back in these days, that was not the same case. It was different rules for coming close to God. So everybody, in order to gain salvation, to gain communion with God, had to go through the temple and the priests and the high priests as well. So God's spirit typically only rested on the priests and the high priests that we know of and also on the judges later on, like judges like Moses and on occasion, different kinds of warriors and just a few people here and there. But we don't see God's spirit really resting on people often unless they were like in some sort of leadership position. But now we have access to the Holy Spirit. And in a weird way, Moses prophesied that here. So now Moses goes into the camp after all this happens and he and the elders of Israel all go back home. So after this, that night, I would guess, it says a wind from Yahweh went out and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp. So this is supernatural. So all these quails come with this wind and are now on the outskirts of the camp. So much so that they were like crowding each other, these quails, and were like two cubits above the earth. Like this was, that's how many quails there were. There was like a pile of quails like on the outskirts of this camp. So the people are overjoyed. They were lusting after this food. That is the word that is used, lusting after the food. So, it says here that they spend the entire day gathering the quails and all of that night as well, which was against God, by the way, because when God had told the people to gather the manna, he said to only do it in the morning. They weren't supposed to be doing it the entire day. So instead of gathering manna, they're not they're not gathering the manna anymore. They're gathering all these quails. They're directly disobeying God. And they're not even thankful for all these quails. Here's what it says. They gathered all day and all night and all of the next day also. So for two full days, pretty much, 
they are gathering these quails to eat. And it says that each person gathered at least 10 homers of quails. And a homer is about six bushels. Each person gathered six bushels of quail. That is a ton of quail. I mean, think about that. Like, six bushels of meat? Quail. I wouldn't guess quails are very big. Like, I, I don't know. I've never had quail. I, I've never tasted it. If you guys have tasted it, let me know. I, I'm actually kind of curious. I, I mean, I can imagine. I mean, six bushels. That's a lot of stinking quail. And each person gathered that much. So here is my particular um, thought process with this. This is my thinking. I don't know if this is actually accurate or not because the scriptures doesn't say it. But we see here that right after they gather each person six bushels at least, by the way, of these quails, Yahweh's anger burned against the people. And while they were still chewing their meat, it says that Yahweh struck the people with a great plague. Here's my thought process on this. I don't know if this is correct or not, but meat does not save for very long. And so <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if they all got food poisoning because they were lusting so much after all this like meat that they gathered so much in all their greed and ended up getting sick because the meat spoiled. And I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't know. It doesn't say what kind of plague God struck them with. But here's the thing. God was absolutely in the right to do this. The, these people deserved this. I mean, I'm not even remotely feeling sorry for them right now. I, I like, I'm not going to lie. I am not feeling sorry for these guys. Not only did they complain against God when God did not have to rescue them from Egypt. Okay, don't forget they were slaves in bondage and God freed them, totally freed them. He didn't have to provide manna for them. He didn't have to do literally anything for them. He didn't even have to get them out of Egypt, and yet he did. And now these people are complaining because the manna was too tasteless for them. They didn't like the taste of it anymore. They were sick of it. These people absolutely deserved this. But now they're not even thanking God for the quail. This miracle for three days, this miracle is taking place, and they didn't even thank God. There is nothing at all that they are sorry, that they, uh, you know, are thanking God for this food. Nothing. They're just like entitled to it. Gathering everything, disobeying God with how they should gather, uh, acting entitled like spoiled brats. And now God strikes them with a plague. The ones that lusted is what it says. So it wasn't everybody, but it was the ones that directly lusted and acted this way. It says Yahweh's anger burned against these people and Yahweh struck the people with a very great plague. The name of that place was called Kibroth Hatava. And that means graves of lust. So the people knew what they did. They named that city after their sin, lust. They absolutely knew what they did wrong. Why would they name that city Kibroth Hatava if they didn't know what they did wrong? So even they admit that they were in the wrong. After this, they learned their lesson. It sounds like the people kind of went quiet after all that. And uh, I don't know what happened to everybody who ate the meat. It's possible that some people were very thankful for it. 
it doesn't say that everybody did this. It just says the people. We don't know which people did and which people didn't. But I know God works on a very individual level. I, I truly believe that, that God works individually with each person where they're at. And so when you see something like this, where it's like God brought a plague on the people and many people died because of this plague, I truly don't believe it struck every single person that ate quail. I think it just depended on where each person's heart was. So to me, I truly do believe that God works individually. And even though he sent this plague, it depended on the heart of each individual. The ones who acted entitled, who didn't give God the glory through any of this, even through the miracle of God providing this crazy amount of quail, nothing. There was no glory to God given. So God got angry after what the people had done. And he struck them with this plague. And that's kind of how it ends. And to me, that was kind of a twist ending. <laughs> I kind of didn't, I suppose I remember hearing that when I had read it before, but I kind of forgot. I sort of thought that God just gave them the quail, but that had happened back in Exodus when the people initially did this, because this wasn't the first time they sinned like this. And it's actually not the last time they sinned like this. Spoiler alert. But uh, yeah, I mean, God at this point struck the people who sinned like this again with this plague. So really, this is a lesson to us that we just we don't need to be complaining and acting entitled like God is some sort of genie because he's not. He's given us so much already. He's given us Jesus. He gave us Jesus. And there's a quote I heard a while back that if God never does anything else for us, but he gives us Jesus, that's all we ever need. He gave us the most important thing we could ever have. So we can't act entitled. We can't act like uh, God is a genie. And I am guilty of that. I'm not even going to lie. I, I do act like God is a genie. And I get angry when things don't go my way. I do. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here talking about the Israelite people, but I do it too. Like, I, I truly do. And I have to, um, I, I mean, I told you guys the story of what happened with me on Monday and how I was acting very similarly to these Israelite people. So none of us are free from this, but we have to check our hearts. We have to check when we are acting like that and tell God, I'm sorry, God, like you gave me so much already. You gave me so many blessings that I need to be thankful for. And that's what Paul is always talking about in the New Testament. He's always saying, be thankful for everything. Under every circumstance, give thanks because God deserves our thanks. Well, friends and faithful listeners, this was Numbers chapter 11, part two. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was kind of a fun one to do. Numbers 11 is just a very fascinating story to me. But we're not done talking about the Israelite antics. So continue to join in on the Bible Explained podcast for the Old Testament episodes that I do Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I will see you bright and early also tomorrow morning for an episode out of Luke, because don't forget I do a New Testament episode on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But anyway, guys, happy listening and God bless. Thank you.